What is up, fellas? Welcome to episode 29 of the Grown Man Podcast, where we are on a mission to inspire and equip men to live bold lives. Thanks for spending some time with us today. My name is Kurt Kersey, and I am the founder of the Grown Man Project. But today, I am not your host, and I could not be more excited about that. Uh, you know, there is a guy in the background of this show that has really made a lot of this possible, a, a huge amount of this possible. And his name is Zach Eklund. And I'm excited to bring him from the background of the show up to the foreground. Zach has done all of the editing, a lot of the design work for the assets that you see coming out of Grown Man. He's done all of the audio editing, all of the video editing. He's just a stud young guy. He's been working with us on uh, the Grown Man Project as well as full-time in our agency work um, through Scaled Up Marketing, for those of you that know us in that world. Uh, for he's been with us coming up on a year here now. Actually, by the time this goes live, we will probably be celebrating celebrating one full year of Zach, aka Speedy, being a part of our organization. And man, this dude has a heart for the Lord uh, like I rarely see. He is such a great creative mind. He's such just an authentic, genuine young guy. Uh, young husband, young leader that I'm so excited to be in his life. And I'm excited for him to share a little bit of his story. But mostly what he's going to be doing in this podcast is you're going to hear him interview his dad. His dad, Steve, is an amazing entrepreneur. He's been a real estate entrepreneur for quite some time, but uh, now runs an organization called Withios. He spent some time in the wealth management world and had a lot of success there. Um, in his work at Withios, he helps business leaders really get clarity on where they're going and how they can get there and really lead with intentionality. He does some amazing, amazing work there. But I'm excited to share this episode with you because Zach actually interviewed his dad. They have an amazing father's on relationship. And Steve shares some great wisdom around just how you can be a great father and a great leader, early marriage advice, some th some ways that, you know, Steve has found success in his marriage and wisdom that he wants to impart to Zach. And man, it's just a really fun conversation to kind of just be a, a fly on the wall of uh, a conversation between a father and son that love each other, that admire one another and uh, that are really doing life together. So I hope you enjoy it. To learn more about what we are up to here at The Grown Man Project, just go to grownmanproject.com and sign up for the email list there. You can get a sense for our mission and what we're all about. And man, we would love to, uh, to, to keep in touch with you. So sign up for the email list. Make sure you don't miss a podcast. And once we are in a post-Rona world, <laughs> I will be excited to meet some of you in person at our next live event. Thanks, as always, for listening. Let's jump into the show. Hey. Yeah, so before we jump into a couple of questions I had and just in general, who are you? What's your family like? What's your professional life like? <laughs> All that jazz. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, super fast. Um, I'm 58 today. Old. Um, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple careers. I started off when I was very young thinking I was going to be a musician. I was actually studying to be a trumpet player, went to a music conservatory. And, um, and Zach, as you know, you seem to have some 
similar musical uh, enjoyment. So that's something we've shared over the years. Uh, one of my fondest memories of you growing up was when you and I played a, a worship band. Uh, we led worship at that at that school you were going MVCA. at. MVCA, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. And you were playing a full drum set, and you were like in what? <laughs> I think that was like grade or third grade, yeah, 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 yeah. It was amazing. That. that was funny. Anyways, we already digressed, so yeah. um, <laughs> that's okay. You can cut. You can cut these. Yeah, right, right. Um, but anyway, I was studying to be a professional musician, and then uh, I became came to know Jesus when I was sixteen. And that became a very, very, very important part of my life. And so I went to a music conservatory, and when I was 20, I was praying one morning, and I felt like the Lord said, put the horn in the closet, which was a really odd thing. Um, I won't go into that. But what that ended up happening is then I went to um, Miami of Ohio and uh, studied engineering and uh, learned from that that uh, you can study something, and then you go to interview for a job, and it can be completely different. Yeah. Because yeah. I, so I'm a senior year and I, I go on some of these job interviews and I'm coming back from like, oh my gosh, this is, what? Yeah, no way. Yeah. This is so terrible. <laughs> and I've just spent four years. And uh, so then I went on to get a, a master's degree in finance, fell in love with the investment world. Then that's where I spent my career. So I spent basically 30 years in the investment world at two different companies. The first one was <clears throat> at a junk bond company here in Cincinnati, <laughs> managing money there. It's a small junk bond shop that I was there for seven years. And then I left there to go to Johnson Investment Council, which some of your listeners might know. They're a large wealth manager here in Cincinnati. We're one of, when I left, well, they still are one of the largest here in Ohio. And for the last 10 years, I was managing director of what we called the private client group, which was overseeing everything that touched the client, all the portfolio managers, uh, the research function. I was actually in charge of marketing as well, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, you are right to laugh at that. <laughs> the marketing people would come in and they'd talk to a bunch of us analytical folks and uh, we weren't their favorite clients. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, uh, then about six years ago, again, felt called away, uh, to come do something else, uh, left Johnson, um, great company. It wasn't because of anything they did. It's just where the Lord had me. And I started, uh, several things. One, we started a real estate investment company where we first started, uh, tried to flipping homes, decided to lose a lot of money doing that. <laughs> and uh, then yeah. that converted. Decided. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, that was not... It was very humbling. Uh, but then it, the silver lining was we went into renting single-family homes, and then uh, and that turned out has turned out really, really well. Uh, and the Lord taught me a bunch through that as well. Uh, we also started, uh, my wife is starting a company called Renee Grace Bridal, um, which your lovely bride knows all about. Cause she does, yeah. She... She did our wedding dress, so that was, right. or well, not our, my wife's wedding dress. That, <laughs> that's cool. You look pretty good in it. Yeah, yeah, I've tried it on yeah. a couple of times. It fits well. <laughs> so uh, I can vouch. You always look good in heels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, the um, and then uh, I started this organization called Withios, which is really kind of a coaching Christian coaching company that combines uh, some of the philosophies of business with faith and with psychology. Uh, and I've just, it's just been a small little thing. And then um, my nephew, John, you know John, mm -hmm. uh, has started a company <coughs> called Ascend Home Repairs, and I'm helping him with that. Uh, I'm an investor in that. And I'm um, an investor in this uh, Oceans here with Crossroads. I've mm -hmm. uh, been pretty involved with that. So anyways, that's kind of the business side. Family side, 
uh, when I came to Miami, met your mom, fell in love, uh, decided to stick around. And uh, we have three uh, great kids. Well, two great kids. Uh, One superior kid. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you're going with it. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, Yeah. right, right. right. So Rachel's 25 and you're 24, right? No, I'm 23. You're 23. All right, well. I'm almost 24. All right, I'm almost Almost there. And then uh, Shiloh's 22 and then... Will, my grandson, our grandson, uh, who's un- unbelievable. Uh, he's four years old. So uh, there you go. Boom. Nice. Nice. So there's one question that you can just go a little bit deeper into, and then we can go into other questions. But was it weird going from like trumpet to engineering or like thinking that you're going to do something crazy and then doing something totally different and then even doing that again? With engineering, then figuring mm-hmm. out that you hate mm-hmm. the job or yeah. think you might, and then like going into something again, to- yeah. oh, pretty much totally different. Yeah, that's 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 a very, it's actually a very insightful question. One of the things I often do in job interviews is I'm always looking for people's rationale during transitions, because I think during transitions sometimes is where you find out a little bit more about yourself, and certainly within the faith, it's a time when God uses that pressure to teach you something. So to answer your question is yes. Did it feel weird? Uh, yes, uh, because it's unsettling. And so when sometimes I think the Lord unsettles us in order for us to go deeper with Him and give us something much better. So from the age of 12 to the age of 20, I was thinking I was going to be a professional musician. My, my trumpet teacher, I told my trumpet teacher when I was 12 that I wanted to be a professional trumpet player, which is crazy looking yeah, back on it. That's like, that's eighth grade. That's, That's pretty, that, that is eighth yeah. grade, yeah. And in eighth grade, I played with a uh, a college orchestra. I played a solo, you know, when I was in eighth grade. It was crazy. That's crazy. So so I'm thinking, hey, this is all good. This is, and I was actually hoping to be a trumpet player in an orchestra. Yes. Nerd alert! That's that's me. <laughs> that's I pretty would, cool. That's I think that's pretty sweet. Well, you're a musician. That, you yeah, that's right. That, you know. So, <laughs> anyways, when I grew up in Cleveland and everybody was doing rock and roll, I was, oh, I was yeah. not necessarily. So, what? Wait, sorry, I interrupted. But like, what year was this? When like, when you wanted to go classical and everybody yeah, else? So, gosh, well, that would have been so. 1972, early 70s. Oh, so this is like when rock and roll was... Just booming. Huge. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So was that hard going against the, the flow of like kind of what everybody like? Yeah. And, and this is weird too. And to this day, ever since I was young, before I was a Christian, music always had a giant impact on me. And there was something about rock music that always disturbed my heart. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Because because I love it. I like <laughs> I love like screamo. I love metal. Yeah. yeah, you're nuts. But which is hilarious. But keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So, but there was just something about regular music that it just didn't didn't hit you the same as classical would. Yeah. Well, but it was it was not only that. It was I, I it, yeah I you just was, yeah I had okay. a big distaste. So everybody loved rock and roll, and I love classical. And so I heard classical music. I just fell in love with it. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I felt like. You know, there was like three of us in the whole high school or junior high school <laughs> yeah. who liked classical music. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, so those transitionary times did feel weird. Uh, but I also look back on them as some super sweet times because the Lord kind of whispers in your ear. Uh, when I was going on the job interviews, that was more shouting. And yeah. It's like, like, whoa, <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, but I, I think those are, those are times in our lives when, when we're questioning some of the deeper things that could be real sweet with the Lord. And, and so that unsettling that we sometimes don't like, 
uh, it could be the Lord shaking us up a little bit and saying, hey, let's look at this a different way. And when I look back at my life, am I glad of, about all the choices? Everything that I've done that the Lord has told me to do, I'm incredibly happy about. Mm. You know, I just yeah. I look back at my life, my family, my career. It's, I'm, I'm a very, very blessed guy. And that leads us very well into one of the things that I wanted to talk about is from, from my perspective. You want to talk about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk take about the rest of the time and talk about how great yeah, Zach is. I, we're going to talk about, I only have my dad on here to talk about <laughs> how great I am. No, just kidding. No, that's why you're on here to talk about how great you are and like the legacy that I feel like you've built mm. that I respect so much. And like from a very young age, I've noticed just a, a difference from you to other older men and just like how you carry yourself, just your relationship with mom, with mm. your kids, like not just me, but also like your relationship with the Lord, especially like there would be times when I would get up for school at like five o'clock in the morning and I come downstairs and you're just like reading mm. and I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> like I, I would not do that, but also, you know, that yeah, different life stages, but still like, sure. still it's, it's a hard little thing. So like, uh, it's a big question, but like, how, how did you cultivate the relationship that you have with the Lord? Because well, I feel like it's so tender and special, mm. like, especially like, that's the thing that I've noticed the most mm. is, wow. It just seems like he knows the grace and the love of the Lord mm. so deeply. Mm. And I'm like, I want that. Not, well, good. It's, it's, he wants to give it to you. That's yeah. the cool part about it. So I think the answer to that is it's just a, it's a long, fun courtship process with the Lord. Courtship. Yeah. It's an interesting word. Yeah. Because he, he wants to be close to us, mm -hmm. you know, and I think part of the problem we have in our posturing with the Lord is that we're, we can be afraid of him because we feel guilty because of a sin or whatever it might be. And, and as time goes on and as we more learn what his real personality is like uh, through interacting with him in prayer and scripture and through people. Uh, when you really start learning his real personality, you, you, you grow an affection for him. And I think some of that comes with time. Um, but in just like any relationship, like my relationship with mom is the best it's ever been. But I wouldn't say 20 years ago it was bad. Or ten years ago, it was bad. Right. Just it just it's always been good. Well, I mean, we all have our struggles, <laughs> right? You know? Right, right. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's always perfect, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So we all have our ups and downs. But it's the same with the Lord. Is that there's this tenderness and trust that I've learned over the years that when I listen to Him and when I walk with Him, life's just way better. Hmm. And the cool thing too is that when you follow the Lord, what He's prompting you to do, if something good happens it's hard for you to take a lot of credit. You know, I look back at my career. Some would say I've had a pretty good career. I'm like, well, whatever. That's great. Whatever looks on paper. But I don't take any credit for it because it's like, hey, the Lord orchestrated this all, and I just tried to follow him. And so it keeps you from pride. Not that I don't struggle with pride like everybody else. But that I think it's this whole posturing of realizing we have an affectionate God who really, really cares and loves for us deeply. And it just... And then, and I don't know. I can't say where it started, except you know, back when I gave my life <laughs> right, to Jesus. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I would say. No, that's awesome. So, would you say that like it's super cliche 
but it, it's pretty true, at least I think, in my short life, that like it definitely comes in waves. Yeah. Of like mm-hmm. of like the grace you feel. Sometimes you feel it. Sometimes you don't. Yep. But like, especially in this time during the quarantine, mm. I have never. I don't know if I've ever felt lazier in mm. my life. I just like I'm like I just want to go home and do nothing. Mm. Don't want like I don't want to spend time with God. I don't want to spend time with like anybody. It's like it's almost like. I feel like I should feel like I want to go spend time with people, but it's almost like the opposite is happening. And so I guess, how do you fight through like these crazy times and, and still have a good view of God? Because that like relating it back to what I was originally saying is like the biggest thing for me is when I haven't spent time with God in like a day or so, like, it's not that long, but like, I feel terrible. Mm. I like, I'm like, man, even though I know the truth, I still feel terrible. Yeah. So like, so like, what do you, what, how do you, what do you do? What do you go so, about? <laughs> so it's funny. There's this, this really important word in life called momentum that impacts a lot of what we do. And I think uh, momentum is carried partially internally, partially externally. So in other words, some of, we have our own internal motivation that happens and then we have, there's external motivation. For instance, when you're on a team or a coach, you know, and, and that, that helps us create momentum, helps us create a path that we want to be on. And what happens in times like this, when you're in flux, where the external momentum has significantly changed, right? Yeah. I mean, all our rhythms are significantly thrown off. Yeah. And so what needs to happen is a transition from more internal momentum because the external isn't happening. And so that's that just takes a little bit of time and effort. What gets us in gets gets in the way though is that what most of us will do is what you just did. It's like, oh I'm just being lazy. Yeah. I'm no good. I should be able to do this. And so right. we beat ourselves up. Yeah. And that's natural. We all we we all do that and I do that too. Um, but then to realize that no, this is just a natural part of a transition is that I'm I'm, I need to now set up my own type of momentum myself, and it feels weird that I have more control over it, but okay, I'm going to go ahead and take control. And so then you need to start you know, planning the day you want to have versus the day someone else is making you have, mm, Yeah, because that's what happens <clears throat> a lot in work. Yeah, yeah. And so like for me, there's, there's some just giant priorities in my life, and the, the two most important is relationship with the Lord and relationship with my wife. And so those are just two things I, I protect. And so there aren't there aren't many days or mornings that I'm not with the Lord, uh, because just like you said, I, I feel worse when I when I don't do it. Mm-hmm. But then it's hard. Okay, so then let's say you have an awesome quiet time. Right, you you right. leave there, yay! Yeah, you're ready to pumped, take over fired the world, up, pumped. Yeah. And then you know you go into traffic. You know it's just like all leaks out. <laughs> right, you know, right. It just, it's like, uh, what happened. Yeah, exactly. Bill Johnson of uh, Bethel Church in California says we always need to be refilled with the Spirit because we leak badly. <laughs> and, and that's, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I've never even thought about that. Yeah, it's like it's like we we all have the Spirit in us. And I don't quite under, I can't fully explain it, but I know what it seems to feel like is that I, I still need to be filled with more of the spirit, but then yeah. it seems to leak out. Yeah. And yeah. then like that morning quiet time where I'm ready to take over the world by night, I'm grumpy, grouchy, and just want to drink right. a glass of wine. Yeah. You know? And so, so it's just learning how to fill yourself up throughout the day. And another thing is to tap into the power of love. <laughs> that, like, that's a, that's a, that's a big little statement there. <laughs> Big literal, that doesn't make sense, but, you know, 
Tap into the power of love. What does that mean? Expand. Tune in next week. (laughs) (laughs) You'll find out. That's right. Well, Well, see, God is love, right? Right. And I think within the Christian community, sometimes we can get a sense for what God feels like. And that could be like, oh, we feel that emotion at a worship time or something like that. But there's also a thing that God works throughout throughout the day for me is that when I tap into love, that I feel his presence more. So what does that mean? It simply means falling in love with the people I'm with, enjoying them, falling in love with the things that I'm doing, enjoying what I'm doing, that begins to propel me into a sense of my heart of, of God's heart. And so, like, I'll do little things like if I'm going to meet with somebody, I just I just pray a short prayer before I meet with them. Like, Lord, show me what's on your heart for them. How can I bless them? And I think when, when we realize that part of the joy of being a Christian is the flow, it's the giving, not the receiving. Receiving, yes, I'm not mm-hmm, suggesting right. we don't receive from the Lord, but as the day goes on, the, when we give and we love others, we get filled up. And so, and I experienced that in my business life. I had so many experiences with clients and or employees that I would ask the Lord's heart for people, and then he would give it to me. And then I'd be in a difficult meeting, and I'd just, I'd, I'd try to fall in love with that person more. Now, that doesn't mean that it made those meetings easy, but it's this, how do we help ourselves leak less by powering, by tapping into the power of love which seems less uh, spooky, right? It's like learning to love is more tangible, I think, than learning to feel the presence of the Lord. Yeah, that's a. It's it can be scary to yeah. like say that, yeah. especially like even to somebody who's been following God all their lives. That mm-hmm. can be so intimidating. Like I know for me, there's a lot of times where like somebody will say something intense like that, and I'll like almost get like like almost flinch, like sure. my, my quote unquote spirit will like flinch. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's, I don't even know how to begin to do that, you know? And so it, yeah, like I think to go off what you're saying, like what I've noticed in this time is it's really easy and, and just in general, not just this time, but it's really easy to almost not even notice that you're spilling mm-hmm. and and then your, your E indicator, your empty indicator you just don't know how to pay attention to it anymore. And, and so it's like, you're almost numb. Mm, and and like, th- that's kind of where I am to be vulnerable is like, I'm like, ah, dude, am I supposed to be having more than like 15, 30 minute quiet times? Am I supposed to be having these great hour long things with God? Because the reality is I'm not, mm-hmm. and, but I want that. I would love to, but it's like, I would rather be doing anything else something that I can just consume instead of like trying to push myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you have any advice on like, how, how do you even get out of that spot? Yeah. That, but that, see, that's, that's so good because I think that, I think we all feel that way at times, just like where you just, ugh. and I think it's okay, right? We need to give ourselves breaks about not being too hard on ourselves and realizing we need you know, Sabbath and rest and recreation and all that other stuff. It's when we get to the point where we don't like it anymore that I think that's where you're saying, it's yeah. like, okay, I feel like I'm spending a little bit too much time here. And the, my my advice in that is Rachel and I, your sister and I, mm-hmm. developed this system with Withios that we simply called Think Less, Do More. Because what, we, what we've learned from psychology is that if we're in a stressful 
situation, it's hard for us to do something new. So if you're already kind of feeling tired, and so this idea that you would then design a perfect quiet time or a perfect thing to do at that moment, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So you pre-process your thinking. And so if you can begin to say, okay, starting tomorrow, um, as part of my day, I'm going to do this, and then even do something simple as write it down, and then you wake up in the morning and like, oh, I have to get up now. Uh, because I said I was going to have a half hour quiet time or 15 or or whatever it might be. That helps you begin to develop some momentum that becomes a habit um, over time. And so it's it's re- redesigning your habits because you had your system, your life was in a good rhythm before. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this coronavirus came in and changed all of our rhythms. Yeah. And so I think all you're simply asking is, okay, how do I change my rhythms? Now that life has really been blown up on me, um, because what I hear you saying is that you don't like how you're feeling right now, you want to feel better. And so then you need to redesign your system within a, a broader boundary perspective. That sounds like a lot of words. Yeah, that's a, that's a big <laughs> statement. I feel like we've said that a couple times. This. <laughs> oh, okay, makes you sound interesting. So what, all I simply mean is that now you have way more flexibility in your time. And so put boundaries on yourself and there's something as simple there's, and there's some fun techniques like um, that I've done where it's called time blocking, where you look at your day and you say, okay, for this time block and time blocks can be 15 minutes to four hours. uh, This is my work time, my eat time, my play time, my quiet time, whatever it might be. And then you just block those out before the day even starts because then you don't have to think about it while you're tired. Mm. And the less you have to think, the more you're going to get done. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you saw this in soccer, right? I mean, right. you got to be a pretty good soccer player. Oh, thank you. And, and so you're not on the soccer field when a guy is coming after you, stopping and thinking, oh, let me think of my options here. There's a guy coming after me. Should I go left or right? right Should I do right. a flip? I mean, you just, boom, <laughs> right, you react yeah, in the yeah. moment. You you think less, you do more. And so that's part of what, what we're, I think we all need to do is retrain ourselves in this this current environment into bringing our in our own boundaries so that we can get done more of what we want to get done. Yeah, that's That's actually a really good point of just like, I haven't even thought about creating a new rhythm during the season because I'm like, oh, when is it going to be over? Yeah. Just kind of like almost not like just sulking. It's, I'm just yeah. like, gosh, dude, this is annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's just easy to sp- like just play video games, and, yep. you know, and I didn't even think about like, even if it is just a couple more weeks, if not, that's a decent amount of time, just like really creating a rhythm so I can not feel terrible during right. this time. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah, and this time, I mean, and I'm not sure when this is going to air. So, but I think the time we're in, we might be a might be two months that we're in this. Yeah. So, it's going to be, you know, t- might as well take advantage of it now. Redesign right. your time now. Yeah. And another key point, yeah. is to redesign it with your wife. That's good. When you're time blocking, because I mean, there's times when you got you're spending a lot more time together. So, right. If you can work out an arrangement where you're helping each other in that, and it could be really good. That's good. Like, yeah, using the partnership like it should be used. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that was cool, felt like God was just kind of showing me when we were talking is the whole idea of like, 
it's his grace to even show us that like, Hey, you've gone a little bit too far. Mm. You can't like, you don't know where E is anymore. Like you're empty. It's like, like how crazy is that? That like that, like he doesn't even have to do that, but like he chooses. And that's the craziest part is like, I, I, Jesus, God could easily let me just like not even think about where I am and how I'm doing with him. And then I just become some stubborn guy who's the worst and like eventually stop following him. But like the, his grace is so enormous that like he's even showing me that and giving me a chance to turn around. That's, that's, that's a great, that's a great point. Cause it's, Scripture says God disciplines those He loves. Yeah, and uh, there's another scripture that says if you don't discipline your child, you're you're a terrible parent because <laughs> <laughs> that's why I beat you so much as a child. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's, he didn't actually beat me. <laughs> We're not, I'm not trying to get us in trouble. <laughs> Continue. So it, it's it's that the Lord. That's what we're. That's what the Lord is supposed to do as our Father. You know, is kind of come alongside mm-hmm. of us and say, "Hey, dude, you know, wake up." And, uh, and I think that's, that as a, that's one of the privileges of being a father is when you can come alongside, you see what a child can't see because they're, they're just young. And so that's part of what a parent does or even friends and say, Hey, you're on empty. Do you know you're on empty? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and cause you're right. Because if you don't know you're on empty, it, it's hard for you to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you can just. I feel like you can just keep going deeper and deeper with that. I'm just like, Mm. man, it's his grace that I'm even like thinking about that. But it's like, it's, it's even more so his grace that like, I saw my Bible this morning. You know Mm. what I mean? And it's just like, there's just so much Mm -hmm. just that's like, holy cow, how do I, how do I even pray anymore? Because I'm like, I, it's nothing is me. You know what I mean? Like it is me, but at the same time, it's like, for people that don't think that they have God's favor on their life, it's like, look at this. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Just like the fact that this is happening yeah. and that like, even like if you, if I died today and had a terrible relationship with the Lord, even the the fact that I had a relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. is like so much grace. Yeah. And it's like, I would get to heaven and God would be like, I'm so proud of you. Not mm-hmm. like, wow, you, you only spent five minutes a day with me, you know, once a week, but I don't know, but like, you know, that's cool. It's a cool thought. Um, but good. one of the things I want to go back to st- something you said about the people one. So this is, this is going to be, this is hard for me because I am very much so like, it's so easy for me to be like, just not care about other people mm-hmm. and not care like how they're doing or like just be mad. And one of the things that you said that was like hard that I, I was thinking this would be really hard for me um, is you like go into a meeting or anything really and pray for the person and ask how you can love them and stuff. And like, that doesn't even cross my mind, mm. you know? And, well, and it didn't, it didn't when I was your age either. I'm not yeah, suggesting yeah. that I've, you know, I, I'm just trying to give tips is what's helped no, me along. No. Way. And I love it. And I want you to go into it more. That's why I'm talking about it. And so it's like, how, how did, when did you start? Like, how do you start? Like, yeah, you, I, I don't, I don't know when it was, I mean, probably at least over 10 years ago. Uh, I, I don't remember, but I'm sure it was, I mean, I think sometimes we make the faith more complicated than it is. We think God is way further away 
than he is. And so we feel like we got to do all this work to get God to move. You know, we got to do everything right and yeah. have 17 fasts and eat everything <laughs> yeah. and drink everything. Yeah. You know, just uh, so, and God's much closer than we think. And so my experience is, is just simply, and so it wasn't like I'm praying for 10 hours. It's like, I'm literally walking into a meeting. I say, Lord, just give me your heart for these people. Let me just, let me see them like you see them. And that prayer has been so helpful to me because we know that God looks at every person with love because he created them. Mm-hmm. And so he automatically loves every single person. Now, just because I don't get along with someone and I don't <laughs> understand them, yeah. it doesn't mean that they're not lovable. They're just usually the problem is with me. And that that's a humbling thing to realize too, is that, you know, it's like you can be judgmental because someone is not acting right. And really in God's eyes, he loves them all. And so and then you realize when you get in there and you love them like God loves them, the meeting goes better. Yeah. Because then my agenda is not as important as God's agenda. And then I found professionally, it helped me out because I was less stressful in meetings, whether client meetings or personal meetings. And then the Holy Spirit gives you revelation about a problem and or the person. And so you don't say, hey, I feel like the Lord said this, but all of a sudden you might say, hey, is this, what about this as an idea or solving? And they're like, wow, that's great. And so I've just found that a lot of times when we're judgmental of other people, it's, it's not, it's not their fault. <laughs> it's me. It's my heart. Yeah. And that, and that's hard to realize. Um, but it's really fun to let go because fun. it that's, is fun. Yeah. Talk about that. Cause that like, to me, I'm like, wow, that prayer would be hard because that's, that's, you have to lay down every ounce of pride that you have mm-hmm. to be like, Hey, um, it's, not me, it's, or it's not them, it's me. Yeah. And I, like, it's, I'm going to lay down all my feelings about this person, like all these, all this stuff. Well, yeah, I, but that's, that's, I, and I, that sounds really big, but yeah. my experience is it's not like that. So it just sounds intimidating, really. Yes. Is what you're saying. It, it's like, cause then as soon as you ask the Lord to help you, the Lord says, yes. How much he helps you is dependent on your capacity to receive it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's been all sorts of meetings that I got, I felt no help and I was <laughs> irritated yeah. and mad and I had no creative ideas and walked away super yeah. angry and judgmental of the person. <laughs> so I'm not suggesting it's a hundred percent. I'm right. s- simply suggesting it's, it's more fun to be in love with people than to judge them. Yeah. Soften the heart. Yeah. That's it's, true. and then, and, and once you also begin to know who the person really is versus who you think they are. Because that's usually the problem. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. that we're putting something on them that may or may not be. Now, some people are just irritating. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, it's like, so let's just be honest. Well, yeah. Some people are, they're just harder to be with than others. But my experience is, is my judgmental atti- attitude has been in the way more than it's certainly than it's helped. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to start doing that because that's. Like, well, uh, and, that and here's the fun thing is that. This is a way your faith can help you in your business world. This is such a tangible way that you can become better at what you do as a job, simply by inviting God to everywhere you go. So if you have a, a meeting with a client or you have a meeting with your boss or coworkers, it's just, you don't have to say it out loud. Just, Lord, just 
be with me. Help me to see things like you see them. So it's not only seeing the people, it's the situation. Because mm. I've gotten, the Lord's given me revelation about problems that companies have had and stuff. That, you know, and there's all of a sudden these ideas just, they just drop in my head. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Where did they come from? <laughs> yeah, oh, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, and, I wonder, so I, I can't think of the scripture right now, but, um, like expecting from the Lord and he will, he will give it to you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, the more you pray and the more something happens, the more you expect. And then like, it, it kind of compounds like momentum, exactly. really, like what you were saying. Exactly. To me, that makes the big mountain of trying to love people a lot smaller. It's yeah. more like a mound because yes. it's not you. Right. Exactly. It's never you. And so that's a great point. And, and that's another kind of revelation I re- really uh, figured out was <laughs> that it's not about me because uh, I found that when I was operating with the Spirit of the Lord, I became more attractive to other people. Hmm. And so I realized, wow, this is, this is powerful. When I'm loving like Jesus loves, people like me more. Funny. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, <laughs> people were really attracted to Jesus. And uh, so the more I get out of the way, the more I don't love the way I think I should love. Things are just better. That's th- that's so funny because I've seen this in my marriage the most of I think I know how to love. Mm. But it, in reality, it's like that is not the way that she wants to be loved or I, even I I would want to be loved. But I have this skewed vision or view mm-hmm. that I think I know. And it's, you know, pride. It's like, I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah, I know, like, I know exactly what she wants. I know, I know what I would want, but it's, it's not. And so it's like, even in my marriage, I should be like on my way home, I should be praying like, God, how can I love Kirsten today? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I feel like that got, changed everything, changed the game. Well, and, and, and my favorite prayer is, 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 and that's a great prayer. Show me how to love and, and I also love the prayer, let me see them like you see them. Because that's, that's the fun part, is when, it's when we start seeing people like God sees them. Yeah. It's freeing. Yeah. Then it makes it easier to love. Yeah. Like renewing your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. That's a cool concept, renewing your eyes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So to wrap us up, because time, <laughs> time flies. Um, so I feel like we have a special relationship. Just um, don't really know how it happened. Feel like it just happened because um, you know it's just been my life. Um, but I, so I, I look back at it and I'm, I'm just very thankful. And where we are today is crazy and not a place that many father and sons find themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, to anybody listening that's maybe a going to be a father, mm-hmm. is a father was a father. I, I don't know, like, or even college kids that like, they're want to have kids one day. Like, what's something that was really helpful to cultivate a relationship like this? Well, I'm going to start with Jesus, obviously. <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think when we put Christ as the, as the most important thing in our life, our priorities rearrange. And so it impacts what kind of job you take. It impacts your life business balance. And so I would say that the most important thing is, is a deep connection with Jesus, because from that, he'll give you wisdom of how to live your life. So I've turned down lots of money over the years be, uh, because my priority was to be with the family. 
and we had plenty of money. We're great. You know, everything was fine. But it was like, okay, what do I want my life to be about? It's about the long-term gain. And for both your wife and your wife, my <laughs> wife, yeah. your mom and me, we had that same priority. And so um, that that was where it started from, is that where did we want to invest our time, money, and energy? And we wanted to invest it in you guys and our community and church and stuff like that. So that, that was the beginning of it, because then that would free me up in order to spend time and be with all you guys. Um, and so, um, so the second thing I would say is, is then is to be on the same page as your, as your spouse, because that's where the rubber really hits the road when the kids come along and everybody's tired and grumpy and there's poop and <laughs> puke and all Ew. this disgusting stuff. <laughs> so excited and, for oh that. <laughs> gosh, uh, is, is for you to be on the same page about how you're spending your time, money and energy. And, um, so, and then. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's, oh gosh, I, 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 I'd have to think more about like, what are some of the keys? I, I just, I just remember you guys were just easy to be with. You were fun to be with. Uh, you were just, you were a very remarkable young man because you would talk about anything with us. You know, I mean, you were yeah. just, you were very, very open and candid uh, which I give your mother credit for yeah. because she is so I don't know, easy to talk to. She's mm -hmm. just, you know, she doesn't have a judgmental bone in her body. And I think that helped cultivate in you guys a sense of trust around us. And I think that helped me too, learning from her. Um, she's still way better than I am, um, is that how to cultivate that relationship. And then just realizing that, you know, every child... It's so cool. Every child is just designed by the Lord. And there's that scripture says, train up a child in the way they're bent. And it, what that means is that we need to study our children based on how the Lord's designed them. And the Lord, I believe, gives supernatural revelation to parents about the way their kids are bent. And when it's not like it's clear 100%, you know, we know everything at all. I'm just saying it helps us to then cultivate in each child their strengths and help them with their weaknesses and realize that their success is not dependent on what the world says is success. And so that is probably another big item mm. is that which standards are you operating under, the world's standards or the Lord's standards? And if you operate under the Lord's standards, then it's just, it's about love. It's about making an impact in the world, regardless if, Zach, you become a professional soccer player making 10 million a year or your garbage <laughs> truck operator. Right. You know, that, it's, it's all the same to the Lord, as long as we're doing what we're called. And that's our job as parents, not to get our identity from our kids, because mm. that's, that's easy to do, um, but to let them grow and develop into who they are. And, um, and I, you know, and just enjoy them, you know, it's just like, just enjoy the kids. And, you know, it's so fun being a grandfather now, <laughs> uh, just, just so much fun. These kids are so great. And, yeah, you get the good part. You get only the good parts of the right. kids as a grandfather. I don't have yeah. to change a diaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that I remember most was that I've actually still done with me and Kirsten and just me when I was single was you would pray every night for us. Mm -hmm. I specifically remember you always pray for wisdom and revelation mm -hmm. for me. And I think that was like, even as a kid who didn't really know what that meant, I would still be like, that's different. Like I, that's 
why, why does that seem so attractive to me? You know what I mean? And so I think that's just been big for me. Mm. So, well, dad, that's, thanks for, thanks for doing this. This is awesome. My pleasure. Such a, it's my pleasure. I love you. You're an amazing young man. The Lord's given you so many wonderful things, including a wonderful spouse. (laughs) True. (laughs) uh, It's just so much fun to see who you are becoming. Mm, And I think the Lord's going to continue to use you in great and awesome ways. And uh, I think you're going to have a new revelation of his love for you, of who he's designed you to be, and that'll give you revelation into who he's designed other people around you to be. Mm. So it's... uh, it's, it's so fun to watch you grow. Yeah, thanks. Well, you helped, so <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, thanks. All right, see you all later. Bye. <laughs> Man, what a cool episode. I, I just love Zach and Steve's heart for one another. Uh, I love the way that they modeled in this episode just what it looks like to have an authentic deep relationship, not just with another man, but also uh, with your father. And I think a lot of how they treat each other resembles how uh, the Lord wants to engage with us as our heavenly father. So Zach, Steve, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for being who you are. And men that are listening, thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, This podcast has really been a fun journey for us so far, and we're just continuing to lean into what God's calling us to. So would love to uh, keep in touch with you as we go on this journey together, and would love to lock arms with you around uh, what we're building here. This is to serve each and every one of you listening and those that might be listening in the future. So we would love your feedback. Shoot me an email anytime at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at grownmanproject.com. I would absolutely love to engage with you, hear what you're enjoying about the show, get your feedback on what you'd like to hear more of from us, and uh, and maybe share a little inside baseball on what we got cooking. So again, that's Kurt, K-U-R-T, at grownmanproject.com. Thanks as always for listening, and we'll catch you here next week. Mm-hmm.